When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com. If I can turn this stupid thing down, we are here in Nashville at the SEC Media Days. Uh, where uh, I am joined by Eddie Radosevich and uh, George Stoya as well. Nate Fakin is a cameraman, apparently. And we're not live streaming. I know people are going to be... We if could we, be, though. If we live streamed it, then people would be complaining that it wasn't a pod. So Yeah, there, there would be uh, multiple complaints either way that we go. So we're good. We're good. We're, we'll we're just, in Nashville. We'll just do what we want because we're in Nashville, uh, SEC Media Days, uh, where uh, we are at the uh, Hyatt... Regency is that where we're Grand Hyatt. Grand Hyatt. The Grand Hyatt. We can say that can because that nobody's going to be calling us. Yeah, we can put that out there now. The, the construction around here just it, ridiculous. It's like breaking it's, the perimeter to get into this building. So, I mean, this is a final day. We've been here for uh, two days. We got here uh, Tuesday, and now it is Thursday, Tuesday night. We've uh, we've Today we had Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel. Uh, maybe some interesting things there with Josh. Some old Heifel. friends, some, some old, old long lost friends, some older than others, and some right. more lost than others. And, and maybe somebody that we didn't think was going to speak to us, not named Sean, Shane Beamer. Yes, uh, it seems that uh, Josh Heupel and I are just fine. Yeah, which everything I was it seemed about. like everything was good, and you know, obviously, uh, there. I think there were some questions about kind of how that was going to go, how his reaction to uh, Oklahoma being on the schedule in 2024, a return to Norman. And uh, you know, I let's just say he put a he put a nice face on it. Right, I think that's I don't that's know the that, best way to say it. I, I don't, don't know that privately that you know it is all that it seems on the on the out the exterior. Right, I would say, uh, but we'll get some we'll get to more uh, of that as well. But Shane Beamer today, basically, we have just been here all week, kind of taking in the SEC media days. Sure. Uh, next year we'll be in Arlington. I, I'll come back to Nashville every year. If they just want to have it in Nashville. I'm fine with that. It's been I, a lovely host. Broadway's been. Awesome. Yeah. We had a great time last <laughs> night. We had a great time last We're night. We're not supposed to talk about George and Broadway. It was a good time. George had a good time, apparently, and that's all we can say. Legally. That's right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, George, uh, he's been doing a lot of on-camera interviews this week. That was something new for Sooner Scoop. I, I really enjoyed that. Andy Staples has been here. Uh, you talked to uh, Greg Sankey earlier today uh, for, like, a you know, about a 10-minute interview as well. But, I mean, we, Paul Feinbaum uh, – Got an interview with him, Eddie Radosevich, uh, and Billy Lucci. Yeah. How we're, did that go? We're, well, we're brothers from another mother. I think that it went very, very well. He is, he is, um, and I, I like, I like Billy, but like if you, no, you I mean, I, mean I don't really know if him. If you work here, you can't He like seemed him. like a nice guy, but. Let's uh, ask Josh's opinion. Josh is not here. It was, but it was a good. Josh has had the most fights with Billy Lucci. I, I, I figured that we needed to talk to somebody that had a little bit of a game plan on how 
what fans should expect when he, they go into the he's SEC. The, he's the definition of a Texas A&M guy, though. I mean, like you just think? the way he was dressed, the right. way that he spoke. Right. It was. I don't know what he's doing with the hair these days. I'm yeah. not sure what that is. Uh, no, but I mean, you know, we asked the question so many times, like, is Oklahoma SEC ready? What is SEC ready? I mean, is the media SEC ready? Uh, and, you know, we've come off of Big 12 media days last week. And to be honest, you know, being here for the last couple of days, it's a media day. It's like it's not that much different. I mean, they, there are some things that they do differently in terms of, you know, how they put the coaches and the players through it. They still have a radio row. It's a little bit bigger at SEC media days. Uh, they still have, you know, the big press conference where people uh, usually start off questions with compliments, which they shouldn't do. Although I would say the Big 12 – more of a Homer vibe in that that media day than the than the SEC media day. Yeah, I would say so. I you know not I, as many. There weren't as many. Uh, Coach, you know, I just took your former right. player out to dinner, and I just want to say he's a great kid. It, there was some of that though. There was a couple There's of a them. A little bit. There was a couple yeah. of them, but I I think that you know for the most part it's it's basically the same media day, the same run of the mill, electronic media, print media, all that kind of stuff. So it's it, it's just good to kind of get some. Uh, I will say this. Toes like, in the sand like It here. is very well run. Uh, it, you know, SEC is a bigger entity, and you can just feel it being here. Sure. I, I was talking about that this morning on the radio. Like, you know, this is ESPN's baby, and it, it, it feels more corporate. It feels more like – George, I mean, you covered the Broncos the last three years. Does this feel more NFL-ish than college? Oh, uh, 100%. And I think it, in, in the sense that, like, every team is competitive, and you can feel that from the media in the sense that – they are covering the team like the amount of there. One, there's more media here, I think, in terms of team by team basis, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a bunch of media for each team, but you can also just feel it among the the media members how much pressure they put on covering the players and the coaches. I mean, the the kind of questions they're asking, those sorts of things. You can just feel it's it's just more. It, yeah. it, it, it's, I, it's more nuts I, and bolts for sure. Yeah. I mean, like Tennessee, Josh Heupel, I he answered a lot more questions about uh, production, returning production. Uh, on three apparently has some crazy stats guy that stood up and Josh Heupel had a pretty funny quote like, you oh, that's, know, I, that I love what, your enthusiasm. Stat yeah. something guy. When he said uh, the, he let, let off with the sexiest thing. Or what sexiest he, offense. Yeah, sex, yeah he's like, like the sexiest offense. voice crack like yeah. he was like a 16-year-old or something. But, no, I mean, the Big 12 had some of that with, you know, the stat guy. And, uh, by the way, I see, I see uh, J.D. JD Pakel making his way down here uh, from on three. And uh, he's a great guy to talk to about this, actually. Uh, J.D., let's give you a microphone. I'll get you turned up here. Uh, J.D. Pakel from uh, On3. I know you guys have been seeing him more and more uh, on, on YouTube, Sooner Scoop. Uh, I know I've done a, a hit with you. I think Eddie has too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, George, I'm sure, will be coming up soon. The man. But, you know, we were talking about this, uh, J.D., like, who is our stat guy? That, that I don't know if you saw the, the Josh Heupel press conference, but – uh, there was an on three like stat stat cat stat cat That's yeah the man. he's the man he right every excitable he, human being he yes. had the question yeah. of the week I mean that I was uh, so. that was electric I mean you talk about an almanac of knowledge dude just has such an eye for the game understands the scheme so well like every yeah. time I listen to him speak I'm like I think you're the goodwill hunting of college football <laughs> like I think I could just drop the X's and yeah. like StatCat solve sure. this coverage for me give, give me the cover two beater and he's like right here right here right here how uh, does he do no. with a mop and a bucket he's a legend uh, it's a great question TV, to, TBD on yeah. that okay we'll yeah. figure that no we were talking about the differences between kind of Big 12 and SEC media day like Big 12 there was a, a, a podcast guy that was asking a bunch of stats questions sure uh, probably way more than stat 
Cat. This is it Stat Cat. Stat Cat. Clark Brooks is also his uh, his legal given name. Okay. I think working on I like making Stat the Cat, making yeah. the full switch. I think is in the works. Yeah. Hopefully. But I mean, you know, that's. I mean, it's it's obvious. And I thought some of the questions today about AI, like I think. Like, I know we wrote about it on, on, on three, but, like, I haven't had a chance to read through that. And I think a lot of the coaches haven't had a chance to really familiarize themselves what the hell AI has to do with the future of recruiting. As if Transfer Portal and NIL and everything else wasn't enough with, like, the way the game is evolving. And, oh, by the way, conference expansion. Now, hey, coach, go figure out AI or hire somebody else onto your staff to figure out AI because that's what college football requires now, apparently. No, it's, it's wild, I, I've man. said this all along. Like, I'm getting sick of the AI labeling. It's like every time, oh, this pen writes on the paper. It uses artificial Must intelligence to do that. <laughs> yes, I mean, give me a freaking break with the AI stuff. The AI I know wears number three for the Philadelphia 76ers and doesn't like to practice. Yes, that's, 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 that's AI my AI, AI right. you know? Well, I mean, let's talk about you know just this week in general. I mean, this is the fourth day. What's kind of your biggest takeaway from, from SEC Media Days 2023? That's a phenomenal question. I don't know that there is a ton it's of really takeaways. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that stuck out early on was we were all kind of waiting for something to drop that made headlines and kind of was earth-shattering in the college football landscape like Texas and OU a couple years ago and, you know, some big headline to break. And it was kind of refreshing that we got to day two, day three, and it's like, oh, we're, we're just talking about ball. Like, this is, this is kind of refreshing that we're actually turning our focus to what's going to happen on Saturdays now. So I think that in itself, like the no news is good news kind of thing, has sort of stayed true, I think, for this media days. And, and it was interesting because it was a concerted effort, I thought, after day one when, you know, one LSU player said that, you know, they don't know what they're in for. But everybody pretty much said, uh, we're happy to have these two teams in, in the SEC. They're going to make us better. Yeah. That was a resounding kind of just – talking point i think by most people i don't yeah. know if that was a coach step deal or 100 percent. and i mean greg sankey who you know to be fair probably has some some interest in it being a positive move yeah. but i mean he spoke extremely highly of texas and ou and that move and how it's going to benefit the conference and i think conference expansion is is funny because nobody has like a weak opinion on it you know you either love it or you hate it but when we get to Saturdays and we get Oklahoma LSU and we get Texas Georgia, like nobody is going to be complaining that we have those matchups, you know. So I yeah. think the the whole lead up is like the we drag our our feet and we you know talk about what we do and don't like, but like once they start playing games, like okay, we're all happy, you know. Well, and and something we were talking about too, you know, before you walked up is like what this week has taught me. It's not that you know the SEC is is on a different level than anybody else, but they definitely have professionalized a, a, a conference, ESPN, SEC. Like, it is so buttoned up and so – it feels like a, a corporation almost. The whole media day environment, and you all can probably attest to this, like, it's a product. Like, this sure. whole thing is yeah. an event. Yeah. Like, and it's – I mean, so this is my first media days for any conference and just – seeing this and seeing the spectacle that it's been and college football Twitter come to life like it's it's uh it's wild it's a lot well, like the big 12 you have the kid reporters running yeah. around you got you the got beef, some beef guy jerky. you got the beef yeah. jerky guy throwing stuff at you uh you have a lot of like the Saban thing when he came to the podium uh because we we're at the big or you guys were at the big 12 and they got the cheerleaders and the sure. mascots like cheering them up to the podium the coaches and Nick Saban just has a fight song playing in the background, and he walks up. He's like, well, that I was think, exciting. I think some of that's like the SEC doesn't need all that extra stuff. Yeah. Like, it's it's enough as yeah. it is. But then they also just do things very professional. I mean, even the, 
media they had a media party pretty much every single night we've yeah. been here. Like that stuff With is buses and yeah, yeah that police, police escorts. escorts, escorts. It's town. a media yeah. party. Yeah. Like yeah. that's unhurt of. I got people asking me, "Hey, what are you doing tonight?" I'm like, "I'm going home." What are you? Like, what do you mean? What <laughs> am I doing? Getting out of here. They're like, yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. And they're like, "No, the we're marathon. going." Oh no, I mean that's like every night. They're like, "We're going this place tonight." I'm like, "Really? I didn't even like this is the first I'm hearing of that." But no, to your point, every single night it's like media days ends but it also keeps going yeah. i mean it's it's wild it is wild did any i mean you guys you were over there you and, and andy are talking to players and coaches like were there any even, even any missteps any missteps in the sense of like anything they said yeah you know i don't think so um the closest thing that i would say i experienced from a, a misstep and it may not be a misstep it may just be calling a shot uh sophomore corner jason marshall from florida he's like we're gonna shock the world and i'm like I love it, man. Like, bring it on. But also, you know, the over the over under win total in Gainesville is five and a half wins. So, right. like, let's let's go get it. But I mean, so I mean, I, I could see that being considered a, a misstep. Like, hey, we don't really want to make headlines. But um, no, as a whole, I mean, it, everyone seems to have like. I, I mean, I even tried to ask Jaden Daniels, like, hey, are you the best quarterback in the SEC? He's like, I don't know about that, man. A lot of good quarterbacks. Like, just oh yeah. Finishing off with the boom here at SC Media Day. The weather. It, it feels, the weather, it feels man. Oklahoma. Yeah. There yeah, we it is. The weather. There we it forgot is. to mention we survived a tornado basically in Memphis, yeah, Memphis on the way, all here. The way out here <laughs> there you go so to answer your question no real missteps from my from my understanding yeah I mean I didn't see guys any at the podium well Shane Beamer today uh had probably the misstep in the electronic uh room where he he was talking about playing in Oklahoma and he said there's nothing like it anywhere else and then he realized oh crap I'm the coach of South, South Carolina, Carolina. <laughs> there's <laughs> other places there's other places it's very clear he loves Oklahoma so yeah, much I mean, yeah, for him to literally he saw us sitting there in the front row there's still an affinity there oh yeah and he was just like hey make sure you you get the Oklahoma guys Oklahoma. yeah so I mean, even Spencer Rattler at the podium I mean obviously his his situation at Oklahoma I'm sure wasn't how he wrote it up but I mean right. even him he didn't say a bad word about Oklahoma and he Spoke highly about I his teammates. He and I guarantee he sure. He was sure. short. I mean, he was short on a few questions, but I guess he also spoke about. Uh, he's still very close with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, they talk yeah. like frequently. I feel like you so. can speak about your own experience a certain way, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel like he had anything bad to say about Oklahoma as a whole and and all that, which I thought was interesting. He seems like somebody that's really matured too. Yeah, I, mean, he, I, I think from where he came from, stepping into the situation that he was in in Norman, uh, obviously you can only grow from something like that when you get sure. beaten down and booed in front of your home crowd. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, look, he had a rough experience at Oklahoma. Sure. I mean, he was a five-star coming out of high school. Uh, you know, he, he, he got booed. I mean, he got booed. He got replaced by a quarterback that is now probably going to be the number one pick in the draft yeah. uh, coming up next year. So, you know, obviously, and look, he's got all the talent, but let's face it, Spencer Rattler, so far an average quarterback in college football. Yeah, yeah. I think like when you take the most extreme highs he's had and the lowest lows he's had, he probably comes out right about even. Now, South Carolina fans would probably take somewhere in the middle or a little bit above the middle for the most part this year, I'm sure. Uh, I think the interesting thing about South Carolina that probably doesn't get talked about enough, it's it's so easy for us to sit here and blame Spencer Rattler, and a lot sure. of the blame is, is due his way for sure. But like, they didn't protect him very well. He was sacked 7% of the time last year. Didn't run the ball. They were like 102nd in the country in terms of yards per game. And so not protecting him, not helping in the run game. It's like, all right, dude, well, you know, maybe you got to give him some more tools for success. But to the same token, like, can't throw the ball to the other team. And there's sure. a lot of times he did and that And you too. can't take too long to get rid of the ball, which for is sure. the problem at Oklahoma. For team. sure, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and look, I think you come out of this thing, at least for us, and, and just kind of wanting to do a walkthrough, basically. It, it's – I would say, guys, it's as we expected, but we're also impressed by, you know, how 
professional this this conference really is. Yeah, it's been awesome, and I you know I, I think that like one of my biggest takeaways is just in the stuff that we've done with uh, some of the national guys. When you step outside of the Oklahoma bubble, it's like oh maybe everything isn't doom and gloom like some would make you believe in Norman right now. I thought Andy had a really good point too that. You know, if it doesn't work out with Brent Venables, and I think we all think that it, it maybe will, it maybe won't, we don't know, they'll just go hire the next guy and they'll be successful. I thought that was a really interesting point for Manny. He's like, hey, they've been a top five program in college football for the last hundred years. And so I think that that was something that was interesting to hear. But like you said, Eddie, it, almost everybody I spoke to, other than Paul Feinbaum, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> Paul Feinbaum is not very high on Oklahoma uh, yeah, this year. That'll be in my story tomorrow on Friday, so look out for that. But he, everybody else was very uh, complimentary of Oklahoma. But, I mean, and I think everybody kind of, J.D. went into a panic when the Colin Coward you know, comments came out about how Oklahoma might be the next Nebraska. <laughs> and it's like, it sent everybody, to, oh, crap, could that really happen? Sure. But you come here, and it's like, these are teams of our quality that are joining our league. It's making us better. Sure. And I love Colin Cowherd. Like, I enjoy listening to him. I think he's incredibly knowledgeable about a lot of things. But also, like, when you go through people that you probably trust with college football, he may be not as high on, on that list. So I think you probably take that with a grain of salt. But, I mean, to, to the Paul, Paul Feinbaum thing, uh, Lane Kiffin believes that Paul Feinbaum is wrong all the time. So yeah, maybe sure. things are pointing in the right direction the for the good people <laughs> in Norman. You know what I'm saying? Well, and that, to me, that was the other thing that really stood out from this week is Lane Kiffin really hates NIL, and he hates the state of NIL, I guess is a better way of putting it. Which is, which is interesting because they've been balling in the portal. So yeah. you kind of would think the opposite. The, the Grove Collective is like one of the – better collectives that's got their shit together you know i mean that i mean he's got an advantage there lane kiffin double agent was the way uh, that it's looking was it the way it's looking was it kirk bowles that uh asked him the question that was like can you rank the boosters in the sec that was was a great (laughs) that was pretty good but but i I think what he said is right look at the recruiting rankings and yeah they probably line up with some of the stronger donor bases in the country and i i don't think that that's a coincidence but and look, on three does a tremendous job with NIL coverage of the business of NIL. Uh, JD, I don't know how much you get into that or, or talk about it, but it, 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 we are at a crossroads here because it is pay for play. I mean, it, it, the way it's going right now with the collectives, it is pay for play. And I know on three is very much involved in talking about valuations, but they're talking about real NIL. And I think mm-hmm. today what you heard college coaches saying is, this isn't NIL. This yeah. is not what everyone expected this to be when it took off. And I'm not saying it's, it's damaging the game at this point, but it's making coaches crazy. Sure, and I think that's probably the next evolution we'll see is, okay, how do you provide more structure, more guidelines? And, I mean, even look at where we were when this whole thing started. Like, now we have, I think, even better people involved, and On3 is doing a lot to set the market. And so I think we're just taking steps because we kind of got thrown into the situation where the plane had to be put in the air and we put it together and accordingly. Said, how easy can we do this right. and just throw money at the problem? Right, right. And we've seen, I mean – in very public ways, the whole Jaden Rashada thing, that there is definitely a, a deep end to this whole situation. But I do think that, you know, the people that do things the right way and are involved for the betterment of the athlete, you know, the things that on three are doing, I think that will hopefully get more limelight as we, as we get further and further into this adventure that is NIL. And I think, you know, when you see the SEC and Greg Sinke kind of trying to take the lead on it, they're taking it from a position of power. They're like, look, we don't want to upset the structure of college football right now because mm. we're in a really good place. Mm. So we don't need a, someone, a, a rogue you know, element like a SMU or you know, Oregon or somebody being able to have an advantage over us 
you know, in, in, the, in the landscape of college football. The thing I was encouraged about, we talked to him earlier this morning. We talked about expansion a little bit along with NIL and Portal. And one of the things he said at the end of the conversation was he's like, at the forefront of this whole dialogue, we got to keep in mind what makes college special. And he talked about bands and he talked about, you know, the impact on college campuses and, and the games, you know, on campus and just all that. And that kind of made me like, I guess, re, refocus, understand, like, okay, Greg Sankey at the end of the day is like, He's a ball guy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, he actually enjoys and loves what college football is from, from that quote, at least, and uh, gave me some, some encouragement. J.D., we'll let you get you on, on your way. I know you had a busy four days, and you're probably monitoring, you know, getting some people on here for, <laughs> no, for YouTube great, or whatever. Man. But, no, I mean, everybody go check out the On3 YouTube page. Subscribe, uh, uh, like, and uh, check out J.D. Pakel. Appreciate it, man. We hey, look forward to thanks for coming by. Hey, thanks, y'all. Well. No, y'all crush it, and this is, this is awesome. I'm fired up for us to do this again in Dallas, hopefully in the near future. Real, yeah. real quick, before we let you go, what do you uh, think about Oklahoma going into this year? I, it's awkward because we're here, and they're still a year away from joining, sure. but – uh, obviously, it's a pivotal year. I think we've talked about how big this year is for Brent Venables. We talk about it, y'all. I mean, I think I think we're pretty aligned when it comes to Oklahoma. Like, I don't trust that Brent Venables is a bad defensive coach. That, to me, just sounds like it makes no sense. So, if you believe that, I think you're wrong. I think the personnel is substantially improved. I love what they did in the portal. I love Dylan Gabriel's experience. Like, there's a lot to like. I'm really curious offensively what they look like on the outside. Yeah. Because it's so much built around, hey, can we win one-on-one when we spread you out? Uh, Angela Anthony's a guy that gets you excited. Yep. But, I mean, I'm I'm very, very intrigued to see what they do because a lot of people are quick to say, oh, six and seven, Brent Venable's this. And it's like you're, you're not really looking close enough at what happened last year if you're really trying to get a gauge for Oklahoma. So yep. very, very interesting, and uh, I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be fun. J.D., thanks so much, man. Appreciate and, y'all, uh, man. we'll catch you online. So. Heck, yeah. Keep rushing, boys. All right, uh, there's J.D. Pakel and uh, – we are here at Big 12 Media Day or Big 12 SEC Media Days. Uh, <laughs> takes some getting, getting used to. It's going to take some time to get used to saying SEC stuff. <sighs> just just, just in general. About, we just keep talking about being SEC ready. I think that'll that'll get us there. The litany By the way, of you the, asked Greg Sankey, uh, what does SEC ready mean today? What, what just I, I don't want to take people away from going to check out the video and the story, but what was kind of I his? blacked out. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I think he, it was mostly, you know, talking about the fan base right, um, yeah. and, and, you know, the passion that goes with that. And that's been, that's been a theme with everybody we've talked to. And, and I'm kind of writing a bigger piece about what does that look like from in the athletic department, on the field. Obviously, I think that's what everybody thinks of first is what's the competition level on the field. Mm-hmm. And then I, but I think the, the third part that, that people don't talk enough about is, is the fan base and the passion because that's what you feel here at this. I mean... I don't know if you guys were out there um, yesterday, but when Nick Saban rolled in, I mean, the amount of fans out in the lobby sure. just yelling I roll tide for a five-second view. I should have gone down there for Tennessee today. I didn't do that. Yeah, and, I mean, it was just crazy. And it's like that that kind of passion from the fan base. And, and Sankey said that he believes OU has it. I thought it was really interesting. I didn't realize that he had visited Oklahoma yeah. Back in December, yeah, yeah, and took a tour of the so campus. I ran into him in the bowels of BOK because oh, that's really? where the game was at up in Tulsa. Yeah, and uh, now to come to find out, he went out to dinner the night before with Joe Harris and Joe Castiglione, and I think Jenny Bronchek and her husband as well. Uh, but yeah, like I, I think that that's the biggest thing that jumps off the page to me is the passion that comes with Oklahoma football with Oklahoma athletics. It certainly matches up with the best of the best in the SEC, and I think that. Uh, you know, when you're talking to Greg Sankey about the steps that Oklahoma's made as far as facilities and the investment from the community and 
everything around there. It's, uh, it, you know, it, it makes sense even more so now than it has in the past as far as why Oklahoma's joining the SEC. Obviously, the business side of it, but. Well, and, you know, here's something interesting I thought I took from Shane Beamer today because he was talking about in the SEC, you don't play in a half-empty stadium. Every time you go somewhere, there's 60, 70, 80, 100,000 people yep. in the stands. But Oklahoma fans are used to that. Like, everywhere they go. Like, yeah. that, that's how we always made fun of Texas A&M. It's because, you know, when Oklahoma would go, they'd be sold out. It, it, everybody would be to the rafters. Sure. But when they would play TCU or, you know, somebody else, the end zones would be empty. Yeah. And, and like, OU would never go anywhere that wasn't a full stadium, except for Kansas, because no one was watching Kansas, and they didn't want to see him get their heads Every, beat. Everybody, everywhere Oklahoma goes is usually, and I think it's kind of the saying that Brent and the team has used has kind of become a buzzword. It's everybody's game seven. It's yeah. like it's the and show Texas comes to the town. same way. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that when you talk about fits and and fitting in and and being able to compete, like that's a you know if it were TCU or if it were Oklahoma State, like they're not used to that, like. Going to South Carolina and facing one of the toughest environments in college football, like you wouldn't expect that, but that's what happens in the SEC. That's sure. what happens to people like you know, Oklahoma State, and I don't want to bag on them, but you know, no, Texas I, Tech. And, I, I think yeah. that that's a very fair point. I mean, it, it is what it is. All right, so. Um, Fine, Bob just walked by. We should get him on. He might do it. Yeah, go, go get go, him. Go. Go. You go. You go. Go get him. They're off the air, I think. Unless he's taking callers, we're gonna we're o'clock. we're attempting to get Paul Feinbaum right be. now two on the U forty. Two o'clock. He might his show might be starting. I really do. well. Does it start at two or three? I think it might start at three. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe not. That would be. George is going in dry right now. This is going to be really <laughs> interesting if he comes back around the corner with I think Paul he was, Feinbaum. Did he catch him in the yellow? I mean, here's the thing about Paul Feinbaum. Even though he doesn't think very much of Oklahoma, very, yeah, he's very approachable, and he seems he's very very nice. George is pointing at us. I think he's saying, hey, if you get a minute, can you come over here? These guys love you. They're big Paul Feinbaum people. I mean, George has interviewed everybody yeah. here. He is, no, it's been great. He's been I, a stallion. It, it really has been great to catch up with a bunch of uh, national people. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have all the interviews up on YouTube. Uh, it was awesome to catch up with Dari Noka. Dari Noka, yeah. Uh, it was great to catch up with Andy Staples, obviously. George has his hands in the air. I, I, it he, looks like maybe... We, we uh, might we, have we a got, maybe. We got a just inches kind of close. You know, two fingers. We'll see. He's, he's about to step up to the mic and let us know exactly what happened here. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Did you fail us? I thought his show started like at 2 o'clock. He, he's literally on TV like right now. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. And he said that uh, he was going to the bathroom and that he's literally about to go back on. But he said if we're still here in two hours, <laughs> he'd be more than happy to come on with okay, us. So well, I think he'll walk back by here in a second. Maybe we'll do that in two hours. He was very he was very nice to me about maybe it. Maybe we can get him on camera later uh, today. That would be good. He told me anytime I needed anything, just let, let him, him know. know. Well, you, so. I mean, I think, but you know, I, we want Eddie to be the Oklahoma representative on the fine ball. Yeah. Show, but, like, he always had Kersey on. I, I would yeah. consider you more of a Kersey replacement. I'm talking to George. Like, maybe he, you can be his future boy toy for Oklahoma. I don't like that phrasing, <laughs> boy toy, but um, sure, that'd be awesome. I mean, I, I think the whole goal was to get Eddie on there. We've got yeah. some good content, but I think that would be but the best we got. if he came on with Eddie there, that would be good. Oh, yeah. That would be really good. Eddie, how is your uh, – I'm just curious. I know I saw a lot of people stopping you. You're, you're yeah. well known in these parts. Yeah, I think so. It, it's been good. I've, I've done a, a, a multitude of uh, interviews and stuff and got a couple more here this afternoon before we get out of here, but – 
uh, yeah, I think it's gone really well. Can I just say, too, to all the haters out there, and I know it's just very few in, my, in our mentions, mm-hmm. but they're like, why would you go all the way out to SEC Media Days? Mm-hmm. It's been fantastic in terms of, you know, us putting ourselves out there, getting to yeah. know people. Like, it, we've gotten to know so many different people 100%. in the media here. You know, talk to some of the coaches. I mean, the content we've put out. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to just and hype ourselves up, but, like, out. it's just like – some of these morons that are like, why would you go all the way out there? It's been totally worth it. I'll tell you step one. working. Yeah, I'll tell you step one of why we came out here is because Eddie drove the Eskridge Lexus. Absolutely. With his perfect vision from Enjoy Vision. Absolutely, I did. And, you know, I don't know if I've ever told you guys about Enjoy Vision before, but it is one of the best laser vision centers in Oklahoma City. Obviously, uh, the experience that I had was unbelievable just for the fact that it was so easy to get in and get out. And, you know, I, I think that I would recommend it for anybody. It's the best laser vision center in Oklahoma City, obviously because of the combination of mind-blowing technology, experienced eyeball surgeons, and exceptional patient care, which was life-changing for me. For what they're doing, George, for the U40 listener, is they're giving away $400 off of LASIK. So all you got to do is go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter N, J-O-Y-withme.com, and uh, type in the promo code u 40 if you're interested in LASIK, and uh, yeah, $400 off. So it's a pretty good deal. Enjoy Vision. This is where you lace it. Uh, and thanks to Enjoy Vision for uh, sponsoring the Fresh Perspective Look Around, which is what we've been doing for the first uh, let's about 30 minutes of this pod right now. Uh, as I'm looking around, I see all kinds of construction. I mean, Nashville is just under siege. They're redoing bridges. It is. Uh, it took us about... 10 hours to get here and 11 hours to get to our hotel. Yeah, it, it, we, we made the rounds around this hotel, around the perimeter before breaching. I think I'm our best navigator, though. Yeah, you did a really good job. My Uber yesterday was the better navigator. He figured it out pretty quick. Yeah, I think once you get, like, once you kind of know where you're going, it's easier to know. But we didn't know where we were going. And it was at night, which doesn't It help. was at night. And we were coming through a traumatizing, severe weather system in sure. Memphis. Sure, so. sure. Uh, okay, so, I mean, basically, you know, we're going to head home tomorrow. Uh, life starts in the Big 12, and it is going to be a kind of an interesting year because, like, we're going to be paying attention as much to the teams in the SEC, I think, as we are in the Big 12. Yeah, I think so. more. So. I think so. It's almost like you're covering two conferences right now because Oklahoma's, they do have a foot in here. There, there is a presence here for Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, I, I think just talking to people – just in general about Oklahoma entering the SEC. I think there's a general excitement out there that, uh, you know, they're building or they're bringing in a brand like the Oklahoma uh, program. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see how they kind of match up in that first year. Obviously you got to get through 2023 first though. And there's going to be a lot of focus on that because of what Oklahoma was unable to do last year. And that's close fourth quarters. Well, and I I think once we get back home, get boots on the ground, it's going to become all about 2023. And can this team, win a Big 12 championship in their final season. Uh, Texas, I'm sure, you know, number one, they're feeling the same way. So uh, at some point, all this stuff kind of just goes away, and it becomes about Dylan Gabriel, the offensive line, and, and the defense, and, and Danny Stutzman. I mean, we will be getting back to the nuts and bolts of OU football here. But, you know, like you said, for the people that are haters, this is a little detour for us. I mean, uh, it's good. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the current players to know – you know, this stuff is going on. They could kind of put it behind him. I'm, I mean, there's nobody in the SEC that's like, 
oh, it's really going to be on our mind. What it's like, I mean, playing playing Oklahoma and Texas yeah. in two years. Well, I you know, certainly none of the players were asked because half of the guys that came in with uh, teams to represent their upperclassmen, they're going to be gone. They're not even going to be playing against Oklahoma. But I think there is like a, I don't know, what, what would it be, like a uh, – a big scale or a big picture look at what this thing's going to be when Oklahoma and Texas are added. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly think that the passion from both fan bases matches up with uh, everything that we've seen here. And uh, like you think like Jackson Arnold, like on a, on a Saturday, like, or, a, you know, uh, an off day, he's going to be watching SEC instead of Big 12. I could see that. Like, I could see him paying attention to things going on in the SEC versus Dylan Gabriel, who's not going to give a yeah, shit. Yeah, why wouldn't he? Yeah. You know, I think that that's – a huge part of this season is is kind of paying attention to that, and and I, I think most guys are aware of it. I mean, um, you know, who was it that was talking about a lot of the players? You know, I think it was Dana Holgerson talking about recruiting players to Houston to play in the Big Twelve. It's the same for Oklahoma; they're recruiting players to come play in the SEC. Well, it's wild, even going back to uh, like Xavier Robinson's uh, commitment, yeah. and he's talking about playing in the SEC. And you know, you get guys now with the uh, Zion Raggins that committed on Monday. Obviously, Taylor Tatum's announcements coming up on Friday. Uh, it's that's all those guys are going to know is playing in the SEC. They're never going to have any experience of playing in the Big 12. And it's it it's really exciting to a certain extent. I think that uh, it, it does feel like it's finally here. But at the same time, you still have to get through an entire season in which, uh, you know, I, I, the the building of momentum is going to be massive for Oklahoma going into this year. As you're talking, uh, George Stoya, I can tell what's going on in his mind. He's he wanted to steal some SEC signage, but they're taking it all away. Well, I just we need something to replace the signed Baker Mayfield sign that we you never really, got. You really, how would, that's good thinking. Yeah, if you could do that, you're off the hook. If we could, if we could get one and then get it signed by Feinbaum, oh, that's even better than be the better. Baker sign. Sorry, Baker. <laughs> You'd probably forget it, like when we turn the car back into Eskridge. I might. You never know. I did love the uh, SEC Network commercial where it showed all the uh, Texas and OU highlights, and it's like, oh, starts with like Bevo and stuff. Yeah. Vince, Vince Young, SEC legend. SEC legend. <laughs> you knew that was going to happen, though. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's just like Adrian Peterson, SEC legend. Well, uh, it was so funny too that they released that. And then a week earlier at Big Twelve, they released their new commercial, and it was just like they've won this many Heisman trophies, and it's like seven of the eight of those are <laughs> OU players, like. Well, they're not from A&M, except for Johnny Manziel. Uh, Well, yeah, and I mean, you don't think the Big 12 is going to be like the Andre Ware, Big 12 Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, yeah. I like that. That is interesting, too. Like, media, like, I'm wondering, like, you know, like, Dusty and Teddy, like, they're going to have to switch affiliations with, like, what they're doing. Are they going to be more SEC-centric now? I don't know. At some point, you got to start. At some point, you got to start carrying the banner, man. I mean, that's why we're here today. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. It is a, a little bit strange too because we're coming out of the Big Twelve Media Day, and you know there really isn't a whole lot on the table for Oklahoma football right now. Like, this is truly the uh, kind of the calm before the storm. I mean, we're going to get back, and we're going to have local media day coming up in the beginning of August, and then they're on the field on August third. So. It is kind of uh, the dog days, if you will, here over the next week, week and a half. And there's going to be a lot of uh, wrap-up from Media Day and stuff like that. But uh, before we know it, we're going to be right in the thick of it. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's that time of year. Let's see, it's the 20th today. Uh, so everybody's kind of still getting their vacations in. It's like it's not really – the clock hasn't really turned over to the new season yet. But, uh, you know, if you are kind of just trying to take it easy, though, I have a suggestion for you. 
and that's to check in with PrimeShrimp.com, P-R-I-M-E, Shrimp.com. Uh, they are a great sponsor of the podcast. Go check them out. It is restaurant-quality meals uh, in less than 10 minutes. They come to you frozen. Uh, they got the dry ice in there. You just put them in the freezer and start boiling some water. And within 10 minutes, you've got a restaurant-quality meal fit for a king. Uh, all the different types of uh, shrimp that they've got, the different uh, the Louisiana shrimp boil, uh, the uh, signature season. You can go with the French Quarter Alfredo. Uh, also, uh, the uh, lemon and cracked pepper. Just go check it out. Go check out the website. Use this promo code U40, and you'll get 25% off any order of $50 or more from PrimeShrimp.com. You can check it, check out, pick out what you want. You can try all the different packs if you want to. Just get $50 worth of shrimp and use that promo code U40 for for 25% off your entire order, $50 or more. So thanks to Prime Shrimp, great sponsor of the pod. Go support them. All right. So, like you said, some recruiting coming up. Now, have we really had – I'm, I'm wondering if Tatum will come out. Like, if OU will now start kind of telling recruits, like, hey, you might mention, like, you, you made the decision because of the SEC. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's something that, that could happen. I mean, I think that we talked a little bit about it on last week's pod about Jaden Jackson. I mean, Josh basically said, you know, if OU isn't going to the SEC, they had, what was it, a 10% chance of landing a guy like that. So I, I think it's it's one of those things that, you know, it would be interesting to hear some of those players say that. Maybe that's a, a good story to, to write uh, this fall. But, yeah, no, I think that – it wouldn't be shocking, too, if a guy like Tatum says that. I mean, the number one running back in the country right now, I, I think that um, you know, it's pretty obvious that's you know part of the reason why he wants to come is to go play in the, a conference like that. And Sure. I'm sure a lot of guys would. And, you know, we, the other thing that's come up a lot in these interviews, Eddie, is the trenches. Every single person has right, said yeah. that to us about, oh, you got to recruit in the trenches. And everybody you said, depth you know, in the trenches and, too. you know, talking to I, I spoke to Zach Selman for this story. And he was talking about the interview process with Brent and because obviously he was in on that. And he was also talking about, you know, he, he was Josie's right hand man. And so he was in on the conversations of going to the SEC. And he said one of the big things that you see in the SEC is being able to play great on defense up front. And he said that was a big reason why Brent was so attractive for the job sure. was the ability to recruit up there. And we're seeing that start to pay dividends on, on the recruiting trail. So. It was interesting to hear from a lot of other people here. I mean, I think Andy brought that up, Ryan McGee. I think Dari brought that up. Yep. Um, you know, just about being able to get those big guys up front on defense. Well, it, it's that. It starts up front. And then the other thing I think that has been uh, the, the big picture grand scale of uh, kind of SEC media days just in general is a little bit of what Andy Stables talked about on the podcast when we were driving out here was the fact that there is no Kansas. Like, yeah. And I know Kansas has made some steps under Lance Leopold in his first year. You have to be ready every week. And I think that that's where the competitive depth comes into play uh, that, you know, Oklahoma players and coaches talked about last week at Big 12 Media Day. There's just a general sentiment out there that when you're even talking about the SEC West, for instance, you have Georgia, you have Alabama, obviously, at the top of the uh, – the, or, I mean, Georgia, LSU and Alabama at the top of the list in the West, but – Three through seven, you could make an argument for any of those teams to finish in third. Obviously, Texas A&M on paper is going to be the team that most people think will finish there. But you have a Kentucky. You have a bunch of different players that can go make things happen. And I, I think that the depth of the league is certainly going to be interesting. Even uh, Oklahoma having to go to Auburn or somebody like that, well, you don't get a bye week. It, and it's going to be interesting to me, you know, 
and who knows how long Jeff Levy's going to be at Oklahoma. You know, if he's successful, people are going to come after him. I mean, he's a guy that is prepared to, to potentially, I think, be an SEC coach one of these days. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things like, is Oklahoma going to be able, with Brent Venables as a defensive coordinator, you know, minded guy, are they going to be able to keep, you know, I, I mean, you go by their recruiting classes, they got Jackson Arnold, they got, they got uh, Michael Hawkins, and they got uh, Kevin Sperry. Like, it's set up, but, like, all that can change overnight if, if Jeff Levy takes another job. Like, those recruits could easily follow him. Like, when Oklahoma, when they get into this conference, how are they going to be set up from an offensive standpoint sure. to, to be able to – because we all know Alabama was stuck in the mud forever. Then Nick Saban, you know, allowed them to kind of start having quarterbacks, and now, you know, they've got a Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick in the draft. Uh, and now everybody looks at them as a, as a quarterback school. But remember back in the day, David Cornwell was like their offer. And it was like, yeah, it was like they weren't really a quarterback right. school then. Right. But OU, OU was like, can OU maintain that reputation of being a quarterback school? No doubt. Josh Heupel is walking towards Josh us. Josh Heupel is walking towards us. I give you $100 to get on the podcast. Josh Heupel really wants to come on the podcast. Is no, he, he's walking away. He's now. now walking away. I think he saw us he and saw he's walking us and he's away. Like, oh, shit. Josh? The Oklahoma. Just guys. start yelling. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm hiding. I'm hiding from him. He really did turn around. He's like, "Oh shit, there's Kerry." I will say, you know, he was he was good today. Yeah. When we, when we asked him about that, and it was, yeah, I think it was Tyler Palmatier, the great Tyler Palmatier, who now lives in Nashville, former Norman Transcript uh, beat writer. But um, I was surprised by the answer. I know we had we literally the last few days had been talking like, how exactly do we yep. phrase this question? What's he gonna say? I, honestly, I think we all thought he was going to be like, "Oh, I'm focused on the 2023 yep. season." But no, we actually gave, had lunch and we had gave a, big a good discussion. Answer. Yeah, he yeah. said he said all the right things. And, and then we came up with a plan. And then as the press conference started, I was like, "Well, this is the question." And yeah. then they didn't they didn't call me. So Tyler was gracious enough to ask the question uh, that I kind of crafted there. But I thought that was the best way to do it, you know. And I think it went off well. I just don't know if I entirely believe everything that he says about not having any. Uh, Hard well, feelings or not complicated, I think, is the way that he termed it. Yeah, the fans, you know, the, the, the people that you know, work at the university, I'm sure he means that. But there are hard feelings, you know, with Bob Stoops. And there are hard feelings towards Oklahoma. And maybe they have faded, but I've talked to way too many people uh, close to Josh. And people that have even come to me and said, you know, if you can do anything to help mend the fences, you know, you might do something. And, and I've talked to Bob about it. And, Everything that we've talked about is off the record, so I can't really tell you those discussions. But, you know, I was talking to the Tennessee guys today. I didn't even know this. Like, Josh Heupel did not go to Mike Leach's funeral. Uh, and, obviously, he talked a lot about him today. But the reason he didn't go to the funeral, I'm told, is because he didn't want to run into Stoops there. Which is just, like, crazy to me. It's, it's crazy that there's still that much animosity between those two even when we're talking about this nine years, some nine years ago. And I'll tell you this, through back channels, I've been told that if you know, Roy Williams is going to get inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame, uh, Josh Heupel needs to be there for that. Yeah. Uh, if there's anything that keeps him from being there because Bob Stoops is involved, I, I've been told that Bob Stoops would say, I'm, I'm not I just going. I won't go. I won't go. I want That's Josh to be there more than I want myself to be there. It's, it's crazy. sad that it's come to that. that. I mean, it's sad that it's come to that. It's like it's two divorced parents that can't be in the same room with their kid. Yeah, I mean, you would hope that, you know, it, maybe it was a situation where Josh got some perspective. Maybe he still will to where he realizes, like, you know what? He, was, he fired me. 
He yeah. had to go in another direction. It ended up working out for them, and it ended up. Working I mean, out I was gonna say it worked out for everybody. I don't, you he, know, he would never admit this, but I think that it's a lot. Very, it's very comparable to the Brent Venables stuff. He needed to go to Clemson to reinvent himself, yeah. Yeah. and I think the same thing could be said for Josh Heupel. He needed yeah. to get out of Oklahoma, reinvent himself, look at what he was doing offensively. I mean, it, it's not over the top to say that they were awful in twenty twenty in twenty fourteen offensively. They just were. What's amazing? What's amazing is how like people get caught in the crossfire in those decisions because when Brent went to Clemson and they started playing so well, it it turned on Mike. It turned the fan base on Mike. They're like, we got rid of the wrong guy. When they were they they saw him as the savior coming in, like everybody celebrated. Mike's back. Everything's going to be fine. The defense is fixed because they thought it was broke under Brent. And the same thing. Yeah, you know, when Josh, everybody wanted Josh Heupel gone. Uh, they get rid of him. They bring in Lincoln Riley. Uh, and now Bob's kind of under fire from Josh for being the bad guy, which, you know, he's your boss. He fires you. I, I know there's some other things involved about the type of offense they were running, what he was allowed to do, what Bob wanted to do, how much control he wanted to have in, in what the offense did, and, and, you know, running quarterbacks versus, you know, running the system that Josh runs now. So I get that there's a whole, you know, spider web of things that's happening there that makes people have hard feelings, but we're almost 10 years. I mean, and look, if Josh Heupel, he was was he the SEC coach of the year? Or yeah, twenty twenty two. I believe he he was the coach of the year. I think uh, that was, I think Sankey said that as he. I, brought I him thought on. that was true, but like you know, anywhere in the SEC, like your job is never really safe unless you're Nick Saban. Like like Kirby Smart's job, even though he's won two straight national championships, he has a couple of bad seasons. Oh, those people will turn yeah. on him yeah. in the blink of an eye. And same thing with Heupel at Tennessee. Like if Milton is not a great quarterback and they struggle, he gets hurt and they struggle. People are going to – he's going to be on the hot seat. I'm not saying that he get fired this year. Sure. But it's really easy to get on the hot seat. So, it'd, it'd be nice if Josh was, like, more established as a coach. Maybe he can kind of let, you know, let things die at that point. It's really interesting to me, too, just how everybody kind of compares each other around here and around here being the SEC. Like, everybody is comparing – you know, what Tennessee is versus Kentucky or what Kentucky is versus LSU or what LSU is against Georgia. It, it, Georgia and Alabama are obviously far and away the two best teams in this conference, but it seems like everybody else is bunched together trying to kind of take that next step and uh, knock off the big dog. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting, too. We asked a lot of people if they thought OU was ready. I feel like we got a lot of questions back at us, like, so is OU ready to – to figure it out like what you know i thought that was interesting to hear some of the other people's perspectives on like you know is, is brent venables uh do you guys believe in him and and those sorts of things it's like a lot of people don't know much about oklahoma either it's some, some well, fashion. I th- and i think a lot of it has to be because of the way that they lost games last year i mean yeah it just it was not a familiar way of uh failure for a lot of oklahoma fans and i think that was the toughest part coming out of uh last season was just the fact that you don't see Oklahoma struggle that much on the football field. And there were so many times throughout the year last year where they were in games that historically they've won. They've won a lot of ways. They just hadn't lost in that many ways. Uh, and I think that was the most surprising part about all of it. Can I also say the uh, – this is off topic a little bit, but I've seen the, uh, the players here. Boy, do they have some great chains. That The chain game in the SEC is a different Pretty level. Pretty strong. I mean, they are. I know. Uh, I saw rattlers today. That was a pretty cool little snake looking. Jalen Daniels type still thing. has the best one we've seen. Yeah, from with the, Kansas. the highlights. But I, like every player here 
I mean, sure. Again, it's just different, man. It's it's fun. It, yeah. It's been a lot of fun, and it gets the kind of the juices flowing. And we're gonna have to go back and take a step back and uh, into the Big Twelve country here. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it's. I haven't noticed the change. I'm I'm a watch guy. You know that. I know you. You shamed me after the spring game. I will never forget it. Well, I you still, need a real watch. Yeah. Well, I bought a watch that was two hundred dollars the other day. It's. It's way well, more send me the link. I'll buy it. I'll give it to you. Do you want it? No, I'm not going to take your $200 watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, it was funny because I went to uh, Jared Follow's house last night, and I guess he bought the same watch after he saw that uh, both I and Liam, their keyboard player, Eddie knows him. Mm-hmm. Like, we both yeah. posted about the watch that we liked it, and so he bought it. Copy I thought that. you were going to say he bought uh, a fossil watch because that's a great watch. He would never buy a fossil watch. No one would ever buy a fossil. That knew what not they were anymore. Doing. Maybe not anymore. You made a mistake. That's fine. We all make mistakes. I have some mistake watches as well. I have I have bought a Nixon watch back in the day. That's watch talk. That's watch talk twenty twenty three, and that is not SEC ready podcast. Yeah, that that's not part of the process. Uh, so uh, by the way, uh, want to tell you what I have done here this week is I not today because I finally ran out, but I've been dead soxy in it all over with the no shows. Uh, I think Eddie is no show doing it right, right now. now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it's fantastic, kind of being closer to SEC. Now, dead soxy is SEC ready. Go check him out, dead soxy d e a d s o x y dot com. Use that promo code SCOOP. You'll get 25% off your entire order, even sale items. But go check them out. Uh, order. It's hot. It's ridiculous. We've been telling you. Go get seven days of uh, no-shows because you really need them. And running out was not cool because I really wish I had another pair today. Uh, also, the boardroom, the uh, the team colorways. Uh, you can get uh, crimson and cream uh, themed socks for the season. You get the Maker Bay Fields. Uh, so just go check it out. DeadSoxy.com, great sponsor. Uh, and also, I had a lot of fun guys on the way up here uh, making the uh, the video from uh, Quick Trip. Yeah, it was, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. I can't wait to hit Quick Trip on the way back to the great state of Oklahoma. It's going to be a uh, – I might have to go with something else other than the taquitos. I'll maybe go to the grill this time. The brisket sandwich looked really good. I The brisket mac and cheese, I think you got to try that. Yeah, a little taste test. Maybe eat light until we get there. The taquitos are great. We can do that. I love I love the taquitos. They were good. Uh, no, but we want to thank Quick Trip for being a, our travel partner. Uh, they've got a lot of uh, throughout the southeast. They're starting to put in a lot of smaller Quick Trip uh, stores. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. And uh, if you love the U40 Pod, make sure you, if you're on the road, you see a Quick Trip, you need some gas, uh, go fill up and uh, go get you a Frizzoni. I believe they're called, not Ices. I believe that's right. Frizzoni. Uh, my my Coke and white ch- white cherry was very good. What is the biggest question going to be for, uh, like, local media day here when we get back to Oklahoma? Uh, Deion Sanders. That that has kind of blown up. I guess we got to talk about it a little bit. It, yeah. Obviously, it was from an interview uh, with the uh, OU Nightly. Uh, in Our guy, Brig. Brig, yeah. It, and he did this. He sold, I guess the ref, he told the same. He said the same thing on the ref. Bob did. I mean, uh, Brent, uh, Brent did. did. Yeah. It. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, he was just pointing out that they've gone about it two different ways. Yeah, and I I know there's some people out there saying he's not taking a shot, but when you clearly say someone a coach's yeah, name and I don't it's I don't a shot. It's, I, mean, I mean, it's just it, it, yeah, and it, you know, I don't think it's a huge shot, but it was I don't know. I, it's I, someone it's someone who's pro- it's it's a shot, but it's also come from someone who's frustrated that he 
didn't do it that way. And, and like it yeah. would have been the easy way for him, I think, to just get rid of the players he knew couldn't play. While Dion just said, look, I'm running a business. I'm going to come in here. You guys can't play for me. You were terrible. So we're going to start over. Like. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if it's going to work at Colorado. The closer we get to the season, I'm just Oh, like, I don't think it's going to work at all. I yeah, think it's going to be a terrible I, I think the closer we get to it, I'm like, I don't know if this is going to happen. And you, you also hear about the, the health issues he's having. I just don't know how he's going right. to be able to do this. But, you know, I, I do think that it's important to talk about, though, the way that Brent is approaching it is he said, hey, I gave these guys a 12-month grace period, and once that was over – he, he, he flipped it, and you look at what they've been able to do. he told them, you're not going to be able to make it here. Right, and that goes back to the 18-month process that he talked about of, like, this thing is, is totally different than where they were when sure. he first stepped in here, and I think that that's, that was his point say, on it. You could say that that's just as callous because he just used those guys to make it through a yeah. season, look, and I, then I, he, let, he let them all It know, could very well not work for, for Brent either. Like, maybe they're both doing right. it, it wrong. Like, I, I don't know what the, the answer is, but that was his point is – their process is longer than what Dion is doing at Colorado. Right. And if Dion has enough practice bodies and all that stuff and it works out for him, then good. But I just can't see him rebuilding a roster overnight like that. No. I also I just can't see anybody. It's not against Dion. I just can't see anybody do it. I also watched um, a little bit of um, Jackson State. It was Jackson State, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't know if it, his son's a nice quarterback. but And I know the Pac-12 is not a great conference, but – there's a difference between him and Caleb Williams, obviously. But sure. even Jackson State, I mean, he had legitimate D1 athletes that were just better than their competition. Right. But I just I don't know if his son is like this great quarterback that's going to be, right. you know, I, I have no idea. Uh, I, just, I just don't know. And, and, again, when you have that many guys, the, you know, having to, to mesh together that quickly – that's a hard thing to do. I mean, even even Brent, he had some roster turnover in his first year, and it, you could see the problems that they had. So I, I just – I don't know. And, and you talk about competitive depth. I mean, does Colorado have kept competitive depth? No. I mean, that that's things like that. And, again, they're, they're not starting in – starting depth. Yeah. I mean, and, again, they're not in a, a tough conference necessarily, but it's still a Power 5 conference. I mean, yeah. they're still going to have to play the USC's and UCLA's of the world. And, and I don't know, man. I just – but I, I, I think it's been overblown. Here's a the question. So the, the Pac-12 media days are getting ready to happen. They say that they're going to have a media rights deal announced soon after. Are they, it's embarrassing are that they, they don't have it. Are they under a rights deal right now? Like, do they have nothing? Like, like if there's no grant of rights holding them together, they, they're going into the season not even knowing who's in their league. It's wild. Is like that, how I mean, is that actually how, or is this a final year of the? Don't the look at me. I don't know how any of that works. You know what? It would be because USC and UCLA are not leaving until next year. Right. So yeah, they, it's not that way. They have one more year, but they're basically working under nothing for 2024. Right. Right now they have they're all together this season, and then it's same thing as uh, it, they're free. all it's they're all making the move just like OU and Texas is in 2024 to the Big Ten. But at least the Big 12 has been able to get its legs underneath Well, I, it. Brett Yormark's done an incredible yeah. job to keep that thing together and improve it even. I will say one thing today, and this isn't a knock, but you know, Brett Yormark last week, and I think we've talked about this, I've said this, like to me, he's running an entertainment company. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a conference, not a sporting conference. Whereas, you know, I really thought today I kind of felt some – Bob Bowlesby vibes, not in a bad way, just more of an administrative. 
kind of working with presidents and athletic it, to me, directors. It's Roger Goodell vibes to me. Really? It's it's a it's a it is a professional football league and we talked a little bit about that at the beginning of the podcast but that's the sense i get and i'm Bob, not saying greg swinky is boring and you no. know, aloof and doesn't he's going to get taken advantage of i'm just saying it was more structure like yes, it was more kind of definitely college administrative than it was entertainment but i think bowlsby was um you know they always got into the academic weeds a little bit and just mm-hmm. and this and part of it's just his he's just so monotone when he gets up there and, and sankey is a little bit too yeah. but Sankey, he also kind of demands your attention. Like, watching the uh, opening press conference on TV on Monday, it's like him basically saying, you know, the, the you know, Congress has to help out with NIL and, you know, calling for action among, you know, local government and things like, like that kind of stuff. The way he said that and the way that he used those words was like, okay, this is a, this is a commissioner. I mean, he's the most powerful guy in college football 100%. probably. Uh, not even probably. No, he, he is. is. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's and if you're making a power list, I mean, well, Nick Saban might be number one. He's probably number two. Yeah, and it was interesting that the, uh, uh, you know, a few days after he has that big spiel, the and I, obviously they were working on this bill beforehand, but the the big bill that I think it's Cory Booker and a couple other yeah, senators. Yeah, this whole thing are, is such a mess. I mean, it's just it gets more and. and I get it. Like, we've said this so many times. We know the fans don't want us to do a, a full NIL, but it's getting to the point where it's really going to screw up college football if they don't fix it. And the stuff that they're coming up with, like, you know, I saw Andy Staples. He said the, the commission that you're talking about, he said he wouldn't trust them to, to put yep. together a parking ticket for us or whatever. Like, it's – it really – there is no one – and I think Shannon Terry has said this a lot. You know, he's the head of On3 – uh, there is no advocacy for the athletes. There's no one like the people like Livy Dunn that are out there and, and, and Angel Reese, like they're doing it. They're, they're using NIL exactly as it was envisioned to be used. They've got agents, they're signing deals, they're making millions of dollars. That's what NIL was supposed to be. What everybody else is doing is just pay for play. Yeah. And Lane Kiffin, I thought was really interesting talking about that this morning and saying that, you know, these schools, the way the collectives are set up now is that the schools with the biggest boosters, well, they're just funneling yeah, money yeah. to the university, and then they take that money and they just give it to the collective, and then they're just giving it to the players, and it's straight pay for play, and that's not what and this what was intended to do. And what are they doing do. for the money? Like, like, yeah. and who who gets twenty five grand a year, and who gets a hundred grand a year? Like, there's no there's no transparency, there's no accounting for this stuff. Nobody I thought knows it, I, what's going I, on. I thought it was pretty interesting that Lane Kiffin talked about that today, just as far as like dissension in the locker room and. Uh, you know how bad things can get if some, if a well, season goes south, and I think that he handles it about the way that everybody else handles it. That that's the way. Like these guys want to get to the NFL, you're going to have somebody in that locker room as well that is making a bunch more money because they're that much more meaningful to the product. Well, and we weren't here for A and M, but some of the comments that came out from the A and M players talking about how much of a problem that yeah. was. I mean, there's people which is rich considering all of those players did. Interviews with sunglasses Glasses on. on, yeah. <laughs> I but mean, that, I, but it's real. It's real. Irony. I mean, I mean, it, I, you know, from covering an NFL locker room, I mean, there's jealousy that goes among sure. players at times of, you know, so-and-so got paid that amount of money or, you know, I mean. Like in, when in, somebody gets a new national ad that runs all yeah, the time. Yeah, or, or, you know, they, I mean, and this is different in the NFL because you can only have so many guys, but, you know, one defensive player is playing great and the other guy's playing great, but next year they're only going to be able to keep one guy and sign one guy and pay one guy that money. You know, do we get to that point in college football? Probably not. But, like, 
those sort of things happen where it's like they're on the same team, but they can only pay one guy going forward. So I, I don't know. It's interesting, and they do need to get a grasp on it. And I know people have talked about do they need a salary cap? That's never going to happen. Like I don't know how you would even implement something like that. There's no like way that. that's going to be legal. There's just yeah. no way. There's, it's the, the reality is that the schools with the biggest – I mean, Kevin kind of talked about it. The schools with the biggest boosters are going to continue to get the best players, and that's just the way it's going to work, I, I feel like. But they do need some sort of probably guidelines and reform in what they're doing right I now. I think maybe you need to talk to Kiffin about how to bounce back from a long night. Kiffin's – hey, I was he up. Was wait rough. a second. Now, wait a second. I – and, you know, we had a, a great night last night, one of the greatest nights of our lives, I think Eddie would agree. Yeah. And we were. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. Uh, it was a lot of fun, though. But I was up and at him. You guys were like, I can't believe. I was up at 730. I went you were down. Up. You were I up. I took a shower. I went down. I got a nice breakfast. I, I Your saved. Your youth served I'm, you well. I'm I saved us a table up front so we could get our questions I'm jealous in. of the breakfast situation that you had this yeah. morning. Eddie's the one struggling. And look at me. I'm, I'm doing great. I'm not struggling. I'm just tired. Yeah, your voice was noticeably low this morning. Yeah, I, well, it, it took me a little bit to get How into the day. How much did you smoke last night, young man? I didn't. I think that's the problem, George. Uh, no comment. But I will say, when I <laughs> <laughs> when I wa- walked out of the room this morning, uh, I was like, Eddie, I'm going down, and he just all right. And I was just like, he's not. He, I was like, I'm gonna have to call him at 10:30 to. But I, but, hey, what time was I down there? You were by? down there. Down you there were down there by. There by yeah, you were down there for Kiffin. So that's right. No, it's been uh, it's been a lot Josh of fun. It, is it's in been our again. is he? Where's he at? He's right there, right behind the pillar. Invite him over. We're acting like a bunch of schoolboys fawning over do. a girl. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Just start whistling at him. Cat calling. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll sing Rocky Top. I do like the music. I, I'm I'm a fan of yeah. Look, I I mean that, fight that trip to Knoxville was, it was fantastic. Awesome. That, it was awesome. That's one of my most memorable I, trips. I do of all think time. though that that trip probably has greater memory because they of won. the game yeah. and the way that they won in no, the birth of Baker Mayfield. If they would have lost an overtime game, we would have right. been like, wow, that was crazy going to that damn yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. It was when loud, though. It was, it was a lot of fun. Third down for what? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That, that place was unbelievable. I can't wait to get back. I mean, it's, that's the thing that's going to be great. It's like, that was Knoxville. We're going to get to see Death Valley. You know, we're going to get to see Tuscaloosa, like how yep. it is now. Like, when I went in 04, it's nothing like it is now. Right. So, I mean, open-air press box is fantastic there, too. Big fan of the open-air. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, we're not in the SEC. We're close. We got a little taste of it this week. It's been fun. Um, it's Talking season is coming to an end, yep. except for Pac-12. I mean, Pac-12 should be pretty good drama. It'd be interesting. Week. Well, and it'd be interesting to see what happens with, uh, you know, I, every once in a while, I'd like to see what's going on out west with uh, the head coach at USC mm-hmm. and see what he has to say about uh, getting Caleb Williams back and obviously the reigning Heisman Trophy winner and the expectations that come with You think he'll uh, get a lot that. of stuff about uh, stealing Bear Alexander? Mm, I, I would bet not, but I would imagine that he will say something in terms of NIL. He'll get asked, you know, what how that plays with USC. Was Kirby asked about that this week? No, and it but was he also wasn't even like, he yeah. also wasn't even asked about all the, the stuff going on yeah, with the program. The AJC did retract. I saw the that story, and they fired the reporter. But and I don't all that think he was stuff. even asked about the uh, the speeding stuff either. So I mean, it, again, it the media day stuff is. I think wild. I think when he was on the ESPN set, he was he was asked about that in his big press conference. He was, yeah. I don't know. I remember why. It was the first. It was the first press conference, wasn't it, of the of the media days? 
Kirby? Yeah. No, Brian Kelly was first. Oh. No wonder we didn't see any highlights from that. Georgia one. was on the day that we were driving out. Yes. Okay. Correct. Um. No, I mean, I you know, we were here for two days, and you know, to me, Kiffin just just. If I had a collective, I would have disbanded it today after listening to Lane Kiffin this morning. It just but it's so funny because it's kind of like what JD said. Mississippi's used the portal as much as anybody yeah. in this in this. Uh, There's conference. a reason their quarterback room is so good because the portal. He didn't get any questions about Spencer Sanders today because he's not going to play, which is crazy. It's incredible. I mean, I think that there. We talked to an old Miss guy last night, and it he, is kind of funny you're saying this though. It, it, he was the most woe is me person up there today. Yeah. And he has one of the best situations of any offense in the conference. 100%. That's why it's, I don't know. I don't know if irony is the right word. but Is it, he it, just going to like run Jackson Dart until he gets Well, I think that the plan is to use Spencer Sanders with the ground game and then yeah. let Jackson Dart throw the ball all over the field. I think Spencer Sanders is better than Jackson Dart. And when he's good, yeah, he is. But if he's not throwing picks or... Doing stupid stuff. Yeah. I, I I mean, why he left Oklahoma State is still. Now, did you guys fill out your SEC ballots? Uh, your, I did not, not yet. feel comfortable voting for the not all yet. SEC. I, I submitted one. Um, did you really? Yeah, I just put all Vanderbilt players. <laughs> I just want my presence to be known. <laughs> I didn't we're actually. Never, I didn't we're actually. Never, it was never <laughs> getting invited back. Uh, yeah, well, he just. I guarantee you there's, there is a media member here that probably put one doom. team only on there. Just all Alabama or yeah. all Georgia. Well, and we heard, I guess, the Tennessee contingent. Maybe we should fill a fake one out and, and show it to Josh while he's sitting over there interviewing and see if that'll get us an interview. I do wonder if he if he walked by here and he said, hey, Josh, you got a minute? He said Pretty hi to you. Pal. He said, what's up? Yeah. You know, shook your hand. If he looks over here, I'll, I'll try and motion. Well, yeah. We'll yeah. just sit here in silence until either he comes over or Paul Feinbaum does. And Feinbaum is literally two hours of dead air. <laughs> yeah, Feinbaum is literally on TV right now, I believe. I think he would have come on too. He basically was like, "Yeah, I would come on, but I'm literally on television." What a snob! No, it's been fun. This has been a good trip. I would uh, give him my condolences for uh, what's her name, Molga. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking about the caller. Yeah, yeah. God, that's going to bug me. I mean, that's disrespectful that I don't remember her name. Jeez. And we had her on, on my radio show. Tammy? No, Tammy was Phyllis, the Auburn. Phyllis, Phyllis, Phyllis. Phyllis from Olga, yeah. Tammy was the Auburn <laughs> crazy lady. So, I don't I mean, you know, recruiting will start getting back after that. OU's got an elite camp that uh, – Elite or, camp next week. And but then, we don't know if we can cover it Yeah, yet. we don't We're know if we can go in. that out. Uh, you know, I, I think the the big news will happen while we're driving back is the expected commitment of Taylor Tatum, and I, you know, Josh has done a really good job of covering that on the board yeah. and everything that goes into that. Obviously, it'd be a big deal for OU's baseball program as well with how good Taylor Tatum is on the baseball field. So, it is, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a nice little run, and they got Zion Raggins on Monday. It's uh, it's been a good run for Oklahoma here. It just seems like everything is is going in the right direction right now. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously. You it's going well enough that the only thing that they have to do now is not f it up on the field. That, that's that's what I was going to say. Is is you you that's ride strength. You, you ride the high of of Brent Venables at Big Twelve Media Days, and then him. You know, he it, you always somewhat feel better about the team after you hear from him, right? And then 
They're doing well on the recruiting trail. It's just like now they just need to go win 10 games, man. Yeah. You know, Brent, I don't know if you're listening to this. I know someone will uh, relay this message to you. You're not, you're not SEC ready for media day because you're going to be filibustering in this thing. We have to get more questions. Well, I think he is ready because if he if if he can he he if anyone can filibuster, it's Brent Venables. Yeah, yeah but I'm saying you don't want to filibuster. Did you guys see the uh, the times for the longest opening statements at well, uh, SEC Media Day? It had to no, be Zach Arnett had to be the longest, right? No, try again. Was it? Well, Beamer was trying to be cognizant Saban? of it. Beamer was top three, I believe. I, I believe he Saban? finished third. Nope. Saban was short. Was it? Were we here? No. Okay. So we were not here. We were not here. No. Was Napier one of them? It's Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart. Oh, he's filibustering, so he didn't get yes. the, the yeah, so number two was uh, Drinkowitz. Drinkowitz. Drinkowitz went through his entire roster, just listing dudes off. <coughs> and then Beamer. I, I think Be- I think Beamer was third. <laughs> That's just incredible. To and me. Beamer said he started us out saying, "I was my kids reminded me I was second last second longest." He last went year. long today. So and he couldn't help himself. Yeah, he went long today. He almost made me miss the Greg Sankey interview. I know. We were getting up tight. Yeah. It was getting close. I was like, what are we going to do? That was pretty interesting. Eddie and I were out like we were uh, blocking, making yeah. sure that he didn't go like, anywhere. Do not leave. He's coming. Yeah. I almost had to leave mid-answered. No, I, I look, lastly, thanks to the SEC for having us. Uh, we really did enjoy it. Uh, you put on a good show. It's a really good product. Um I understand why OU and Texas want to be a part of this, just being out here for the last few days. Uh, it'll be in Dallas next year, you know, at the Omni, which is going to be kind of cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many Oklahoma and Texas fans show up in the lobby for that. They, hey, yeah. And I, I would tell OU fans, show up, because I think you want to let your presence known a little bit. Everybody's yeah. talking about, is, is OU SEC ready? If you show up and you start yelling, boomer soon, or outside the hotel – There'll be a little bit more respect, I think. Maybe reenact the JFK thing <laughs> in Dallas Jesus to really Christ. send a message. I'm just saying. It's just a proposition. He just said reenact. He it's just say, a proposition. I think he said reenact. I don't think he said. Well, we don't know if it actually ever happens. So like that's, civil that's wars kind of what you're talking about. Yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, that's going to do it. Uh, unless Josh Heupel will just keep pretending. After we're done, we'll just keep pretending like we're talking to see if Josh Heupel. This looks over at us. Yeah, we'll, we'll add it in on the end if we'll that's what happens. All right, so thanks for listening. Thanks uh, to Quick Trip. Thanks to Eskridge Lexus uh, for the, the fantastic Lexus GX that we've had. Uh, I will say uh, I've enjoyed being chauffeured around. Yeah, Eddie's a great driver. Thank you. Eh. We survived. Depends on if you're riding in the back or not because he likes taking those turns regardless if he's in an SUV or a sports car. Well, I mean, you just got to be – if you're buckled in, it shouldn't matter. Well, when you have a lap full of icy from Quick Trip in your – I'm sorry, oh. Frizzoni in your lap, it's not the best feeling. In the I'll world. keep – I'll be cognizant of that on the way home. It sounds like you're saying you're going to make it worse. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Kerry Murdoch, Eddie Radosevich, George Stoya right here from SEC Media Days. I'll be driving home now. That's what I just decided. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.